Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming. Action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. Shooting in Richmond has been fantastic in so many ways. The city has welcomed us with enthusiastic hospitality, and it's just been a really nice place to call home for the last six months. That was Claire Danes, the star of Showtime's hit Homeland. She's extolling the virtues of shooting the series in Richmond in a TV ad that was part of the financial incentive deal created by the Virginia Film Office. Today's show looks at this subject from two angles. Andy Edmonds, director of the Virginia Film Office, will return to Sifter to give us insight into the issue from his official position. But first, we'll consider the POV of the Virginia Production Alliance, the state's leading advocate for the production community. Steve Taylor, chair of the Richmond District, and Matt Benedetti, the organization's liaison with the Virginia legislature, are here to discuss the organization and how they get involved with the incentive program. Sifter Review of the Week. The Baby on HBO. This series starts with a riveting chase sequence that ends with a deadly surprise. From there on, everywhere the titular infant goes, people mysteriously die. Michelle DeSwart plays the woman who ends up in charge of the toddler, trying to figure out how to avoid her own demise and injury to others. While there aren't any outright laughs, there's definitely a dark comic tone in the absurdity of this premise. The additional two episodes that were available when I wrote this don't have quite the outrageous edge, but it still looks like an unusual series with rich, dark potential. I gave it four out of five stars. I want to welcome our two guests, Steve Taylor and Matt Benedetti. Oh, thank you very much. This is Stephen. Glad to be here. Thanks, Jerry. It's Matt. I'm also very pleased to be here with you today. It's in 1988. I was just becoming self-employed. I don't use the expression freelance because I don't like that word free. And there was a meeting in town with the people who were doing production, who were doing commercials and stuff, because tourism commercials were leaving the state. Freelancers versus employees was a big controversy. And there was a tax on production services, even though they didn't feel like they should be. So they had this meeting of all the production people in town. And I went to it just to check it out. Long story short, I walked out of that meeting as the first president of the Virginia Production Services Association, going, wah, and I won't go into how it happened. But anyway, uh, and that was the beginning of the Virginia Production Association, which later merged into the VPA or the Virginia Production Alliance. I remember in our first year, we had 300 members. We had a newsletter. We had a weekly phone hotline, which, of course, nowadays you've got the Internet, and a talent guy. We did a lot of stuff, but it's changed a lot in the 30-something years. Steve, first of all, just tell me some of the highlights of what the Virginia Production Alliance is up to these days. We've been doing a lot of legislative things uh, during the beginning of the year, and the state's divided up into three districts in northern Virginia, central Virginia, and the Tidewater area, with some folks out in other parts of the state also, but those are probably the largest groups. And those groups host various programs, everything from, you know, table reads to gear swaps, talk to an entertainment lawyer, uh, networking events. And we maintain a listserv for everyone in the film industry. You can sign up for it. Almost anyone can sign up. For uh-huh. it. And it does and have audition know. notices and all kind of information on it. Yes. Uh, searches for crew, specific talent, uh, announcements about film-related events. 
Uh, you name it, almost everything's been seem- seemingly been posted on that day. <laughs> right, right. Anybody can join. The members are primarily people in the film, video, audio, production community, and fans. Membership was $50. I understand right now it's only 35 for the rest of the yes, year. right. We're running a, a membership special. Folks can join for $35. One of the things you did mention briefly, Steve, was lobbying. And that's kind of what we're going to focus on a little bit today. That's what Matt's here for, to talk about that. Matt, what would you say Matt Benedetti and Associates does? And then what does it do specifically for the VPA? My firm focuses on state government relations, primarily in the Commonwealth. Now, when you say relations, is that just a nice way of saying lobbyist? Or does that mean something more than just lobbyist? Government relations consultants can be a lobbyist. But Interestingly enough, when people think of lobbying, in my mind, people think about advancing legislation during the session. But for for VPA specifically, we work with Steve and his team over there uh, on tax incentives and the governor's motion picture opportunity fund. And these are things that the Virginia Film Office can use to entice productions of TV series, movies, and that sort of thing to come to Virginia. I know there are certain things that the Virginia Production Alliance can do that the film office, because it is a state agency or a state authority, cannot do. How does that break down? What is that barrier there? Or what is that boundary? Well, I guess technically the film office is not supposed to lobby the legislature. They're there primarily for informational purposes. But I am, as a a contract lobbyist, I'm allowed to uh, ask legislators to take certain actions on certain items. In this particular case, I'm asking them to support and maintain the level of funding that we have in the tax credit program and the, and the governor's motion picture opportunity fund, but also to increase it. The fund's been around for quite a while, but you want to, one of you give us the difference between tax credits and the motion picture opportunity fund? I should start with the governor's motion picture opportunity fund. They're more like grants designed to induce production into the state. That's the one we're kind of focused on during this session. And and tax incentives are just that. They incentivize by either lowering taxes or uh, stretching tax bills out so that uh, it's a little bit more economical for productions to uh, work in Virginia. Obviously, everybody wants more money for their projects. So how do you sell the Virginia production industry to these legislators to say, look, this is why you should give this particular tax incentive or this opportunity fund more money. In years past, you would look at a production and you would talk to a member of the legislature and say, if you do this incentive, it's going to generate X amount of activity, which is going to generate, you know, tax revenue and stir the economy. You start giving the economic argument. Right. I I know that Steve and I have tried to focus more on personal stories. Instead of saying, if you spend a tax dollar here, you're going to get a 10 to one return. Right. If you spend a tax dollar here, my business, that will allow me to hire other people and we can expand the economy that way by telling those personal stories. That's kind of the strategy that we we took this session. I feel like it's worked. We've gotten a better reception this year than in other years. Some years we we just run up against a brick wall. Uh, Another thing that's changed this time around, as people become more aware that Virginia is a little bit behind some of our neighboring states on, on film incentives. That's sort of awakened a number of people, including legislatures, to the, to the need for Virginia to do something in this area. Right, right. And Good to point. remain competitive. Unbeknownst to Steve and I, there were a couple of bills that were introduced in the session that basically removed the cap on the tax credits. One of the, the, the constraints that we have as far as the production tax credits is that it's capped and there's a deadline. So if you're a studio and you want to come spend a bunch of money 
if you know that the program is going to expire and it only has so much money in it, you're not going to bring a $25 million production here. So the bill itself removed the cap to encourage investment for studios specific to the Norfolk area. It was, they were carried by State Senator Louise Lucas and uh, Portsmouth Delegate Don Scott. So what it would do would allow for a lot of tax credits to be available over an extended period of time to give the comfort of somebody to come in and invest you know, $25 million to build a really nice studio to do these productions. And that's kind of what Virginia is lacking Right. Is full size studio space. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we have some space in the Richmond Metro, but it's not nearly they're not really know. sound stages. Correct. Yeah, there, there's some some rooms where you can shoot stuff. And of course the state does have a number of exterior, you know, the big farm and stuff like that, which correct. is great. But you do need a sound stage. That was the intent of those bills was to encourage that kind of investment. And and the result was that because this was such a new concept that the legislature wasn't comfortable in passing it, but they did carry it over with a letter and they're going to study this issue. And it might be interesting to you and your audience that West Virginia, this past session, had zero tax incentives for film production and they passed a no cap tax credit for film production. Yeah, basically, West Virginia said, uh, go big or go home. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they went in whole hog. Well, it's surrounding all around us because obviously Georgia's one everybody knows. North Carolina is big, way down there, and Louisiana's big now. But first, Matt, how long have you been working with the VPA on this? How many years? 2009, 2010, somewhere in there? Somewhere around there. So yeah. Over 10 years. Yeah. So that brings the question that I wanted to ask. In the 10 years, I know back in the, some of the days, they would do fun stuff where they would bring people down from film shoots or mm. they'd bring their costumes to get people's attention. What do you remember? What was one of the most dramatic or most fun or most effective gimmicks that the VPA ever did to try to get people's attention? Donuts and popcorn. <laughs> it does take on a sort of a carnival atmosphere where it has both all this work to be done. But at the same time, there is a, a great deal of fun cultivated. It's just one day during the legislature. It's not the whole time. Right? But most groups can only do one day. That right. it will be their legislative day. But their efforts continue throughout the legislature. Sure, sure. Sometimes thereafter. There was one time that um, brought in a popcorn machine. They brought in trays and trays and trays of donuts. And I think we had characters from The Wizard of Oz and others. So as members were going to committee hearings, they could stop and grab a donut and talk about film incentives. And to this day, I will go to members' offices and occasionally you'll see a picture on the wall so-and-so with Dorothy from Wizard of Oz right, or right. with the Tin Man. So, I mean. And that is cut back now because it's just there's not room or there's not expense or. Well, first there was the room issue that, that the General Assembly, old General Assembly building is being replaced. Right. And then, of course, COVID hit. No one could get in there. So I guess this is going on the fifth or sixth year of the two combined. So anybody who likes movies or TV who might want to say, hey, come on, we want to get more of this happening here, or I want to get involved at any level, obviously they can join the VPA and we'll have a link on the webpage for this, but what can they do if they want us to contact somebody and be involved? Well, you can contact us through the VPA website messaging and social media. We're continuing to encourage folks to write the Senate and House budget conferees. But our efforts have been to get folks to call or write with those personal stories that he's mentioned before. And if you've worked on any productions in Virginia, I would encourage you to write your elected state delegate or state senator where you live, but also the elected state delegate and state senator where you worked. And then those members of the 
budget writing committees that are responsible for for passing this budget just to just to tell them your story. Well, I want to thank you both for taking your time. I know the uh, General Assembly is going to be waiting for you again before long. I've been talking with Steve Taylor, who is the chair of the Richmond branch of the Virginia Production Alliance, and with Matt Benedetti of Matt Benedetti and Associates. Thank you both for taking your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, let's pivot to how Virginia encourages film production through financial incentives from the state's side with Virginia Film Office Director Andy Edmonds. Welcome back to Sifter for the Ear. Actually, when we had our first conversation, which was the very first show, it was just a podcast. But as you know, since then, it has turned into a radio show. So now instead of Sifter show and sifter podcast is sifter for the ear so thank you for helping me launch the thing in a great way and thanks for coming back today well jerry thanks for having me and i'm so happy to see the growth of sifter and i can't wait to one day it will be in every home in the world uh, <laughs> in prime time that'd be great for all of us If you just tuned in, earlier I was talking with Steve Taylor of the Virginia Production Alliance and Matt Benedetti, a lobbyist for the VPA. I'm now talking with the director of the Virginia Film Office, Andy Edmonds, about the incentives that Virginia uses to get motion picture and TV work here. So, obviously, as you know, this particular show is about how Virginia goes about trying to lure people here, not only with our great locations and the crews and all the things that we have to offer, but also with money. They explained the difference between what you can do and what the Virginia Production Alliance can do in terms of the legislature, but they mentioned the two big different funding opportunities, which are the tax credits and the Motion Picture Opportunity Fund. Can you give us an explanation of what each of those means? I absolutely can. But first, let me just say how essential our partnership with the Virginia Production Alliance is, because the VPA, as you know, represents the industry stakeholders, the crew, vendors, and they are the first line of communication between policymakers in trying to influence them to provide the tools that we need at the film office to be competitive in the landscape. As you mentioned, we have the Governor's Motion Picture Opportunity Fund, which is a grant pool we have the tax credit program, which is the traditional way that incentives are executed with customers in this lane. They're both, at the end of the day, though, Jerry, rebates, right? The tax credit, even though it sounds like a tax credit, people think it's some kind of tax deduction on expenses that a client may have. What it really is, it's real money that a client, if they come to any given state and they spend a million dollars, most tax credit programs will essentially cut them a check for you know 25% of that. They'll cut you a check for $250,000 back for the million dollars you spend. That's after you've spent it, obviously, not before you go there. That's right. So they don't get a dime until they've spent an audited dollar, right? Right. Uh, this is money they do not receive until they have proven that they have spent the money, right? Got it. In Virginia, ours is a quote unquote, refundable tax credit, which means they get full value of the tax credit. If we give them a million dollar tax credit, they file their tax return. And if they have no tax liability in Virginia, which they wouldn't because they're not making revenue here, right? They're not selling, right. you know, candy on the street. Uh, they all have, they have nothing but expenses. So the Department of Taxation sends them a refund for that amount. And all you got to do is spend the money, prove you spent the money, you get the money back as long as there's money available. She says, as long as there's money available, that means there is a cap on how much one entity can get or how much money the state has to give away. Well, there's both. There's a cap on how much the state per year has available to give away, which is currently $6.5 million a year, the total annual pool, right? With a grant, 
You can connect deliverables to a grant. You can say, okay, state of Virginia, we will provide a grant to any kind of business endeavor if you do A, B, C, and D. We want you to spend money similar to the tax credit thresholds and percentages. We will give you this grant relative to those same thresholds. Or we want you to produce a commercial for Virginia tourism and broadcast it on your platform. So this is what's unique about the way we do it in Virginia is that we have this combination. We have the tax credit program and the grant program because we can combine them requiring the client to give us more of a return on investment. The reality is, Jerry, is that our percentages are not quite as competitive. For example, in Georgia, they'll give you 30% back if you put the Georgia peach in the credit. So in Virginia, our percentage back starts at 15%. It bumps to 20% if you're in a quote-unquote distressed area of Virginia filming, which could include rural areas, but it's any area of Virginia where the unemployment rate is higher than the state average is considered a distressed area. But on top of that, we designed a program that if your budget is over a million dollars, you could get an additional 20% when you hire a Virginia resident laborer, right? That means you get 40% back on every Virginia resident crew member. That is really designed as an inducement to inspire a producer to look under every stone to find a Virginia resident crew member. This is what is, I believe, the smart structure of our incentive. And in fact, they get another 10% bump if they hire a first-time crew member, someone that is being trained, being mentored into the program. Great. So you get 50, wow. we, we pay half the wages of a first-time person working in the industry. You said that's for crew members. That does not include actors? No, it includes actors. Oh, it does? Okay. Yeah, okay. any Virginia resident that is paying Virginia taxes, income taxes. But what this does, Jerry, is you know better than anyone that this business is often driven with a lot of nepotism, right? So you'll get a producer coming in from California or wherever. They want to bring their nephew, their girlfriend or whatever, you know, <laughs> they, they want to put them all on the payroll because it's a very nepotistic business. Right. But this program, since it's so aggressive that it almost overcomes that nepotism, right. you combine that with the grant, which is designed to extract more back from them in terms of deliverables. For example, you know, when we had Turn here for four seasons with AMC, we were the first state to partner with a broadcast entity to say, look, you've got cameras, you've got distribution platform. How about as part of our deal, you produce a commercial, not about filming in Virginia, but about come visit Virginia, learn more about colonial history. Washington spies helped turn the tide in the war for independence. Watch their victory play out and then live the experience yourself by visiting Colonial Williamsburg, Historic Yorktown, and Jamestown in Virginia. It's your turn to make history. Plan your trip at virginia.org slash turn. You produce that commercial for us and you broadcast it on your AMC network properties, including Sundance Channel. History Channel, I mean, BBC America, all these right. different channels that they own. So it was the first time that we were able to get them not only to come here and spend the spend the money on the jobs and all the economic impact they had, but they produced this commercial that was broadcast 200 times. To try to buy that much airtime would be prohibitively expensive and essentially you're getting it free. That's right. We would never be able to afford to, to buy it through Virginia Tourism. So then we extended that relationship with AMC when they came from Walking Dead World Beyond. <laughs> if you're a fan of The Walking Dead World Beyond, you're going to love Virginia. It's not only the film location of your favorite series, it also has everything you need to create your own adventure. Walker's optional. <laughs> Plan your next getaway at Virginia.org. It's really an innovative way for us to maximize our ROI for Virginia and get the most we can out of the people's money. 
Steve or Matt mentioned in their interview something about using the opportunity grant to build a studio down in the Tidewater area. Is that another example of something that's not it's not a really deliverable, but it's something that they can actually put on the ground? The desire and the need that we have is to create infrastructure here, like a soundstage to accommodate the explosive growth and content globally, right? right? But the reality is to induce that type of investment, like a 25 or to $75 million investment in the ground to build sound stages, you have to have the incentive program with enough runway where a bank or investor would be willing to roll the dice on such infrastructure. For example, in Georgia, you know, they now have over 110 sound stages. Wow. And that did not happen by accident. That happened because the incentive program is first no cap. There's no limit on the on the tax credit program and there's no sunset. So an investor comes there and goes, wow, no cap, no sunset. Yes, I can justify through the private sector making such an investment to do that. So between the tax credit program and the grant program we now have, we have about $10.5 million per year to work with, $10.5 million. In Georgia, they paid out $1.2 billion Good in tax heavens. credits last year. Yeah. Louisiana is $130 million. North Carolina is about $35 million. West Virginia just passed a no-cap tax credit in West Virginia. The reason right. that is a threat to our industry specifically, had they had that program in place, Jerry, when we were trying to get the Hulu series Dope Sick right. that spent, you know, probably close to $60 million on the ground here in Virginia during the pandemic, they would have gotten Dope Sick. Yeah. So how do you compete? I mean, obviously, I guess locations are one of the big things and relationships. Yeah. So relationships are key and locations are key too. But while Virginia is just, you know, blessed with amazing, versatile location. Yet at the same time, the old saying, Jerry, is it's show business, it's not show fun. That's right. And you you got to, you know, make it happen within the budget. And it's actually, it's part of the actual waterfall of a budget now that the incentive is just baked in. So hmm. uh, what is essential right now and what we hope that the VPA and all of its membership will continue to grow to make the case to get the political will to uh, expand our programs. Right. And what I think should happen is we should really try to induce episodic content. Footnote. Episodic content means TV shows that are in episodes as opposed to one movie or a standalone TV show. Because episodic content can create jobs year after year. The limited series stuff might be here for a year, but it's still, it's a longer duration. It's a 110-day shoot as opposed to a you know 28-day shoot. It creates a lot of jobs for a long time. Right. That is what I believe would be the winning strategy and unique to Virginia. Uh, is there a good example of an opportunity that we could have had that because we didn't have a competitive enough incentives that we didn't get? And I'm sure there's plenty of them. Yeah, there are examples of both. But for me personally, a real heartbreaking one for me was uh, the story of Hidden Figures. Footnote. Hidden Figures was made in 2016 about a group of black women mathematicians who were vital in the early days of the U.S. space program. A Virginia story. Down at NASA. Right, right. Yeah, down in Hampton, Langley, NASA. And so what happened was, Jerry, is that we were doing a little movie out in southwest Virginia, Big Stone Gap with Adriana Trigiani. Right. I became friends with the producer, Donna Gelati. And then she called me one day and said, look, I've optioned the rights to this book and see what you think and how we can get some permission to film at NASA, Langley, Hampton, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, well, of course, we'd love to film it here in Virginia. 
I started, you know, working with our NASA contacts to get permission to go scout down at Langley at the actual places where hidden figures occurred. So we were in the driver's seat, Gary, to get this movie, right? Right. And at the time, we didn't have enough tax credits. So it went to Georgia, which was heartbreaking. Sure. One of the things that's interesting that you mentioned earlier, too, is training people to build our crew base. Are there specific programs at any of the colleges or anything that works with the film office to help ready new people to get in the business? We have a PA, you know, production assistant training program that we've been running with the community college system for probably seven or eight years. You wow. know, that uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But over the years, we've run probably, I think, over 500 young people have been through that program. The problem is, if there's not a job, they're going to go to where to work it. So, you know, we're sitting there training kids in in Virginia for a job they're going to go take in Georgia. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But but what was really interesting about our program, too, is that we provide a scholarship for veterans to get into it because uh, we feel that the notion of vets on sets is just a huge opportunity with a lot of vets coming back. So, We've got great programs. We've got a great incentive program, the way it's designed to really induce the hiring of Virginia residents. Uh, We've got a great storytelling palette. We've got reasonable regulatory requirements in Virginia. We've got an incredible team here at the film office that are all production people that know how to solve problems. All we need is the political will to make us competitive economically. And Steve and Matt addressed that in their interview, and I will have a link on the webpage to tell people how they can actually get involved with their own legislators. One other question I had for you, you mentioned sound stages. What happens when people do shoot work here? I know there are like warehouses and things that are kind of converted. Is that pretty much they're all over the state and they just find a big warehouse and they shoot there and deal with the sound issues? Yeah, that's what we have to always do, Jerry. And it's always a new hunt whenever someone comes into town as to what is available. And what is happening in the commercial market right now is that warehouse space is at a premium now, you know, because it's all of being dist- turned into apartments. Apartments or Amazon, you know. Right. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Richmond, we had an amazing warehouse that we used for about 10 years for several different shows that worked great as a partnership. It was a building owned by NASCAR. So it was a perfect building other than two weeks out of the year when they had races. Well, no, yeah, right, right. A little noisy there. <laughs> it didn't work very well. A little noisy then. But it was a perfect place. It had like 35,000 square foot of office space connected to like four different big boxes in the back where you could have different sets in there. It was an amazing location. But it recently was acquired. So now I'm actually presently on a hunt for a big facility for a show uh, coming in in July. Well, now you you just teased about July. Is there anything you can tell us about anything that's coming soon? I can tell you there is something supposedly coming soon. I don't like to jinx them until they're actually on the ground. Yeah, yeah I, I don't blame you. I'm, I have the same superstition. And, you know, that's good. That gives an excuse to come back for a third show at some point in the future. Always happy to come back, Jerry. You know, I love talking to you, man. And, you know, I love talking about this stuff. I live and breathe it. I love doing it. And I appreciate your experience, Jerry, and sharing this industry to people out there, people that don't know. They think this is a Hollywood business. I like to say it's not about money for Hollywood. It's about a job for Holly Smith. You know, it is right. really a Virginia people that love working hard in this business, that want to create a career in this business, that don't want to have to leave their families to go work in another state. You know, we, we want to let the communities know and thank the communities for their tolerance occasionally when we have to take up parking in their neighborhood or close down roads now and then. It's all for the greater good of all of us. So we thank the community and our community partners for helping us get that done. Well, I want to thank you for the hard work y'all do. And thank you for sharing us what you could today. Thanks again, Jerry. We'll see you next time. 
There are links to the Virginia Film Office and the Virginia Production Alliance with the opportunity to contact your legislators, plus links to each of those TV spots that Andy talked about, all on the webpage at tvjerry.com. Coming soon. In theaters. Downton Abbey, A New Era. This includes filming a movie on the estate and a house in the French Riviera. Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, starring Disney's famous cartoon Chipmunks. Men, Jesse Buckley plays a woman on a countryside visit. The gimmick is that almost all of the male characters are played by the same actor, Roy Kinnear. These are the only films announced before I left for vacation. There may be others. TV and streaming. On the 19th on Peacock, Angeline, Emily Rossum stars as the famous blonde billboard model. On the 20th on Amazon Prime, Now and Then, six college friends gather 20 years later to celebrate the weekend that ended with one of them dead. Night Sky on Amazon, Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons play a couple who discovered a chamber buried in their backyard. Next week is the first of two sifters revolving around the Richmond International Film Festival. See you then. For more sister, including literally thousands Thousands of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.